Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant with GFA Missions. Thanks for joining our podcast, ReChurch. Before we get started this uh, morning, I want to make you remind you of the GFA Missions Roundtables. Anyone interested in missions or just has an idea, okay, is the Lord maybe calling me to missions or a burden on how to pray better for missions? This is a virtual roundtable once a month that GFA is sponsoring, and you can find the schedule at gfamissions.org slash roundtables with an S. And again, I appreciate GFA sponsoring this podcast as well as the virtual roundtables. Topic difficult topic for us to work through is embracing the trials God brings our way. So we have a special guest with us, a first-time guest or our podcast, but a good friend of mine. Pastor John, introduce yourself to everyone. Thank you, brother. It's good to be on here with you. My name is John Lashway. I'm the pastor at Pine Island Bible Church in Warwick, New York. All right, and for those who are not familiar exactly where Warwick, New York is, just give a brief description. I've been there, but tell everybody where it is. Yes, we are a bedroom community of uh, New York City. So we're about an hour and 15 minutes outside of the city. We're actually a farming community, along with being a bedroom community of the city. Yeah, and I think your webpage gives a good picture of your area, which I always I always appreciate something like that to know where people minister. And John, just a brief background, married, children, uh, just where the stages of life you're in right now. Yeah, I am married. I have four kids ranging from six years old to 12, and God's blessing us in that regard. Yeah. And also, I think we have similar paths in many ways, but also you're, mm-hmm. you were not in vocational ministry as a young adult. Is that correct? I'm like, you're young. <laughs> you're still young compared to me. <laughs> so uh, I, yeah. uh, without being offensive, how old are you, John? No, I'm 43. Okay. Yeah. I graduated from college with a degree in finance yeah. and I got into a secular field of doing cabinetry. I did that for 20 years, and within that time, the Lord was calling me into ministry. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And your pastor mentored you for ministry, correct? Yes, he did. While I was working for this company, my previous pastor, my mentor pastor, he took me under his wing. And What's his name? Dan Boyce. He's uh-huh. serving the Lord up in Hill, New Hampshire. Amen. Amen. Well, all yeah. pastors, be aware, God brings people our way to mentor. And I appreciate him taking the opportunity with you, or otherwise we would not be talking to you this morning about ministry. We'd be talking about cabinetry and how to help me with that, <laughs> which I'm sure you still could. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's wander yeah. into the topic. Again, yeah. John, you are going through a trial. I appreciate your encouragement that we're recording this in November of 2020, and I'm still enduring my trial with my eye. And you've been a great encouragement mm-hmm. to me listening about your trial. So explain uh, when that started, what's happening, how you dealt with it, what God has taught you, the hard moments, the blessings. Let's just take a little journey down your Mm. path of spiritual growth during your trial. So when did the trial start and what is it? Well, back in the fall of 2014, I just felt some discomfort in my abdomen. And I had mentioned it to my wife, and she said, you know, typical, you need to go get that checked out. 2014, you were in vocational ministry at this point? 
Yes. Okay. I had actually taken over the church. I'd become the interim pastor here at Pine Island Bible Church in 2010, January 2010. All right. So this is four years later that, you know, just finally noticed this discomfort and mentioned it. And so obviously the natural question is, well, you need to get that checked out. Well, six months later, I actually did. So that was uh, <laughs> March of 2015. Okay. I actually went to a GI doctor and started a six-month journey of the enjoyable journey of testing, probing, yeah. <laughs> scans, and blood work, and everything. And and at the end of that, so in August of 2015, they concluded I had Crohn's disease, and it wasn't severe enough to get me on medication. I was fighting that. I I wanted to try to take the route of see if we could do dietary changes sure. and whatnot. And, and so we went that route. Fast forward uh, a little over a year to October of 2016. Okay. I was, you know, health was up and down and I was coming to a really low time, severely increased abdominal pain. And I was, I was really struggling. If I recall, I was on the, in the midst of a nine days into a soup diet. I was really oh. trying to get my system calmed down and I was just struggling, but it was neat that God through his word just brought Psalm 13 into my devotions that day. And it was the typical Davidic Psalms of where the beginning of the Psalm, he's just wrestling through Lord, how long have you forgotten about me? You know? Yeah. And then as he goes through in verses three and four, it's like the light starts to come on. And by the end of the psalm, he's praising God. And, and God just used that in my life to, Amen. to challenge me, to encourage me to keep going. If we take another step forward, nine months. Let's pause yes. right there. Yeah. So Psalm 13, okay. did, did it become your anchor? Did you memorize it, meditate on it, preach it? In what ways did you digest Psalm 13 into your life? I love journaling okay. uh, for my devotions. Mm -hmm. And so... I took that time and I just wrote it out and digested it just in my own quiet time with the Lord. And then I I have a blog that I write posts every once in a while. And, and so I put it together and I found that to be incredibly therapeutic just to be able to kind of pour my thoughts out on the page. I don't recall preaching through it, but I guess the, the blog post was really how I I kind of digested it and got it out there trying to minister to others with it. So. Because what I want to do is not only hear your testimony, how God uses, but also for our listeners, I want them to be able to see a path that when they're facing a trial, okay, so what would be a path that you would take? And what you're saying is first you go to God's word and you digest yeah. it. You recommend journaling it. Yeah, it out. yeah, I do. Okay. I really do. I found that to be profound, just an amazing help for me. When I put pen to the paper, and I take the time to just see my thoughts out on the page. Because when I journal, what I do is I basically write out a prayer. I'm just writing my thoughts out to the Lord. And it's just this conversation with the Lord and thoughts come to mind, passages of scripture come to mind. And it's just, it's just an amazing process of seeing your thoughts on page and working through that. And okay. I find it just is so helpful to kind of really spend time with the Lord and, and embrace the message and kind of formulate your thoughts and just really work through scripture and prayer. And I find it profoundly helpful. If somebody never done it, you just described how you do it. That was where I was trying to mm -hmm. go. So thanks for answering that. Yeah. You were fast forwarding and I stopped you. Okay. So it's all right. Go ahead with your testimony there. Okay. So that was a really low 
period. I got a little bit of help, uh, naturopathic help with my diet. And so we kind of started coming out of that a little bit. Fast forward to, so I guess that was October, November. Fast forward to, what was it? June, the end of June okay. of 2017. Sunday comes. And keep in mind, throughout this time, I had been trying to get pulpit supply in, get somebody in to preach. And it was like the Lord kept shutting the door to somebody taking over the pulpit. So through this time, I'd come to Sunday morning and I'd either have labored breathing, abdominal pain, discomfort, really low energy, or a combination of, of all three every single time I came to the pulpit. And it was absolutely amazing to see God's faithfulness. Wow. Where... When I get through announcements and we go through time of singing and and it's time to preach the word. And I remember so frequently my wife looking at me saying, you're going to be okay today, you know. And I'm telling you, without without exception, every single time I open the word to preach the word, to minister the word to the people, it's as if the breathing just subsided. Just my lungs opened up, the pain went away, and the energy came, and I'd be able to preach without hindrance, mm. without fail, every single Sunday through that span. So let me, I'm going to quote you on this because we talked earlier. Mm-hmm. So the word you use, there, there is a daily grind to this trial, right? To the, your physical trial. Yes. There's a daily grind. So your quote to me was, there's a daily grind of the trial, so embrace it. Mm-hmm. So, and I think actually your blog post was called Embrace the Trial. Yes. Right? So these Sunday mornings, I'm sure there had to be times of discouragement and doubt as you approached the worship hour. Is that fair to say? Or am I? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yes. Right. So yeah, you're right on point. In any trial, there are going to be times of doubt and almost, I'm not saying the word confusion, but just a doubt, Lord, how, how is this going to happen? So your experience, as you were doing what God had for you, because there was nobody else to preach, God gave you the enabling grace for that particular responsibility you had. Yes, without a doubt. Absolutely. You want to add to that anything else? Just on that aspect of getting in the pulpit when you're still in the trial. Yeah. The amazing thing about that, brother, is this. Obviously, the battlefield of our mind is filled with a lot of landmines, isn't it? And um so frequently as I'd approach the pulpit. I mean, I vividly remember it was during the late winter, early spring of 2017. I was preaching through a a series and I was battling. It was like I was coming down with the flu. It was like I had the flu that week and I was struggling (laughs) in such a, a profound way. And I was saying, okay, I need to get someone in here to preach for me. And I couldn't find anybody. It was just... It was one of those times where, you know, you're, Lord, who should I bring in? You know, and, and yeah. I asked a number of people and nobody was available. And that Saturday night, I was up, I was coughing. I mean, I was, I was just a mess. The word has to be ministered. And so we stepped to the pulpit that Sunday and I was a visible illustration that day. And I think the message was on stewarding your weakness. Mm. And it was just amazing. I find humor in it that God used me as a illustration yeah. of that message. Amen. And I believe it was Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 that I preached wow. from that day. Yeah. And with those kind of instances, 
just trying to be faithful. And it's not a pat on my back in the slightest bit because no, you're an instrument in it God's could, hands. Yeah. Yeah. It could only be God right. because I wasn't in a position to really, I was weak. It couldn't be strong, you know? So it wasn't me. It could only be God. And that's, I think, the beautiful reality is that through all of this, God made it so clear to me that it's not about me. It's all about him. And he was making it so obvious that it could only be God. That encouraged me to continue on, to press on, because it didn't matter how weak I was physically, God was still strong. Amen. And God and, would be strong through me. And again, Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 is when Paul was praying for whatever the thorn in the flesh to be removed. Yes. And, yes. and Christ said, no, but my grace is sufficient. Because when you're yes. weak, then you're strong, right? So that's a great Amen. passage. And I think anyone going through a trial, you can go there. So if you're taking notes as listeners, Psalm 13, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. All right, so let me ask you a personal question here. Mm-hmm. Not that we compare afflictions, okay? With my affliction right now, it's an eye. I wear a patch. It's very obvious I'm going through something to everybody, okay? But you're going through an internal where they may see you and your countenance may not be real bright, but in other words, I have an outward affliction. You have an inward affliction. Mm-hmm. So tell me how in those moments of, you know, I'll put it this way. I get a lot of sympathy because people say, oh, you're wearing a patch. What happened? On and on and on. But, you know, when you're sure. going through a physical trial that cannot be seen, you do not get that. So in those moments of doubt or confusion or loneliness during your trial, Can you just walk us through how you dealt with that or who encouraged you, your wife, your children, someone in the church, or what someone could do to minister to someone that's going through a trial like you're going through? Could you just comment on those few things, please? Sure. It is an eye-opening experience. No pun intended with what you're going through, brother. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't even think about that. That's good. Um, That's good. (laughs) But it's an interesting time you and I talked about this previously, just the nature of how do people minister to someone who's going through something, Yeah, you know, when you don't see what's going on or even when you do see what's going on, I think a lot, oftentimes we don't really know how to minister to someone who's going through a trial. I think we struggle with knowing the right words to say, sometimes we can come across very disingenuous Sometimes we can come across very genuine in our desire, and, and yet we still don't know what to say. Yeah. And I found that my wife was always just such a profound encouragement. One thing that really became so clear, you know, when, on our wedding day, you say your vows, sure. you know, uh, the, the normal vows we say for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, right. for good or for bad, you know. It's yeah, a, yeah. And, but really, what do we mean? On that wedding day in our naivete, right, <laughs> it's, it's for richer, it's for better, it's for in the times of health. We don't think, you know, there could be sickness or bad times sure. or poor times, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, this made those vows real. In an amazing way where I saw my wife mowing the lawn as I'm laying in bed. She was doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing and raising four kids and just being faithful. And, oh, there was there was a part, a rebuke to my heart. You know, it was a humbling time. But the church rallied around me, a lot of encouragement. But I think some of the greatest things, comments, if you will, that are such an encouragement as when someone would say, hey, 
Pastor, how are you doing? And genuinely mean, I want to know, how are you doing? Sure. If there's something that you want to say, I'm listening. Not just simply traditionally when we say, how are you doing? Really what we're saying is hi. Yeah, it's a greeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when when someone's going through something, um, I had a number of people in the church who were very sensitive to, I would say they were very aware that I didn't quite look right that day. And they'd simply say, you're not doing too well today. This is such an amazing thing that I, I was God working to help me press on is that through all of it, as God would just open up my lungs, take away the pain and give me energy and I'd preach, nobody knew. Right. And so frequently after the message, I'd have someone come up to me and say, Pastor, how are you doing today? And I'd give them, you know, without having to give them, hey, you know, I'm really not doing good today. Right. I just give them that look and they'd say, you know what? Today, when you were preaching, I couldn't tell. And it was like, Lord, you did it again. Amen. You did it again. If they're praying for you to get through and be able to present the Word of God in that way, that's an encouragement to them to see yes. their prayers being answered as God is enabling you to do what God has called you to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what other yeah. ways did you find encouragement? Who else or how else? Because we know in First Corinthians talks about with the comfort we receive, we're to comfort others. So what would you recommend how people could encourage someone going through a trial similar to yours? Well, first of all, uh, pastor friends were, I had one key pastor friend. My dad was a tremendous blessing. I had family that was a tremendous blessing. But I had this one pastor friend of mine who he encouraged me to write a poem. And I thought, Nah, you know, that's kind of silly, but I did it and it was incredibly therapeutic as like a conversation with God. I poured out my heart on a page and throughout the whole trial, I found that to be incredibly helpful. Mm. Bringing passages of scripture and just writing those out and journaling my way through. And, and I found that to be such a blessing. But finding somebody who can just come alongside you. And I, I know not everybody has that, but also, there's been plenty of times where I'm having a bad day, not feeling well. The flesh is rearing its ugly head saying, okay, just quit. You know, sure. it's too hard. And on those days where you're feeling discouraged, it was amazing how, you know, at times that I was like, you know, I just don't feel like doing my devotions today, <laughs> but I get into my devotions and yeah. And I would choose to take a step of obedience Amen. and choose to get into the word. And again, a part of why I journal my devotions is because it forces me to slow down. It forces me to take time with God, despite whatever agenda and schedule I have for the day. Mm. And I find that to be profoundly helpful. Yeah. Another area that God helped me was that inevitably throughout those days, there would be a ministry opportunity where I could come alongside somebody else and I could minister to them in their time of need. And that was such a blessing to me. Mm. And you think, well, wait a second, you're trying to help somebody else when you're struggling. But see what it did as I'm trying to minister the word to them and apply the truths of God's word to their life. 
it was reminding me of what I needed to be applying to my life. Yeah. It would just reinforce the stabilizing truths of God's word to me as I'm speaking it to them. Sure. And it was yeah. just God's amazing way of helping me kind of pull me up. You know, as Psalm 40, David, he says, uh, my feet were in the miry clay, right? Uh, and yeah. it's like God through that time, I'm just going here into the passage where David finds himself, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined at me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Right. And he set my feet upon a rock and established my going. And what I found is that as I sought to minister the word of God to others, that was where God, as if he was pulling me out of the miry clay and setting my feet upon the rock of truth. And he was putting a new song in my heart. It was as if he was bringing a sweet song to my soul that would encourage me to be able to take that next step. All right. I'm just going to piggyback on that comment. Okay. So mm -hmm. another comment you made to me was the longer the trial goes on, the temptation is to grow weary. So as you're growing weary, you're forcing yourself to do several things. You're getting into God's word. You're determined mm -hmm. to do that. You're determined to spend time alone with God, but you're also determined to serve others. Is that kind of, yes. uh, is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? In a nutshell, absolutely. Okay, so Those love, are loving great God, ways. Loving God yep. and loving others, right? I think yep. that's what we talk about, the commandments there. During your season of growing weary, just kind of wrap it up with this. So all right, first, where do you stand right now? You have Crohn's. Mm -hmm. And so what's your current battle so people can pray? Is it under control? Yeah, the Crohn's is really doing quite well. I just okay. have to maintain a good diet. Um, right. And through the process, I was diagnosed with Lyme's disease. Yeah, I thought well, that's what I that, to get to. So now you got yeah. The, okay, go yeah. ahead. So with Lyme disease, I have a lot of other challenges, a lot of uh, joint pain and muscle fatigue and, and just overall fatigue. I had gone through an incredible time of brain fog and a lot of different things were going on, but it ebbs and flows. Okay. Uh, praise God through the pandemic, I re-overhauled my diet and mm. I was actually able to start exercising and jogging again. And it was just uh, amazing. I had felt better than I had felt probably since 2014. Now I'm back into uh, a little bit of a challenge where I'm coming back out of this, um, I would say a flare up of the Lyme disease, but it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Let um, me say this as well. Yeah. And again, we're recording this in November of 2020. And all the churches I'm in, John, I've never seen pastors under so much pressure and stress. You got congregations who they want mass, they don't want mass, they don't, you know, I mean, so I would just want to encourage you that I know that this season of the pastor, you're, you're undergoing tremendous stress just because of where God has put you in the pastorate. And this is happening mm -hmm. all over the country right now. I've never talked to so many pastors yeah. that are ready to quit. And sure, so you sure. tag, you put that on top of the Lyme disease and Crohn's disease. That's a lot on your plate. Yeah. But the thing that brother, and you know, this just as well as I do faithful is he that calls you who will also Amen. do it. Right. That's where I want you to go. Absolutely. Uh, God yeah. is faithful to give us the grace to do what he calls us to do. Amen. And there's nothing too great because we serve a God who is the God of the impossible, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. The profound truths of God's word, when we allow them to, they stabilize our soul. Amen. They, they bring us peace in the time of the storm. And 
only because of my God and these powerful truths of his word, can I take a step forward? Amen. Uh, can any of us step forward in faith and be faithful? And it's only by these profound truths. And you know this as well as I do, that we have to be obedient daily yeah. to dig into the word, to spend time with God, to feed our soul spiritually so that we can step forward in faith. Yeah. If I don't do that, what happens? I'm a miserable wreck. I'm no good to anybody. So this is a step of faith, just like all our spiritual journeys is a step of faith. So you're just exercising your faith in this area of during your physical affliction. Is that a fair way to put it? Yes. Okay. All right, John, I know this yeah. has been a great encouragement to our listeners. Just two things. I want to give you email address and then any final thoughts you would have. So again, uh, yeah. John Lashaway at Pine Island Bible Church, Warwick, New York. So any, mm -hmm. any closing comments? Yeah, I would say this. There's plenty of opportunity to doubt and struggle and feel like you're just an absolute useless nobody, that you're just failing miserably. There's key moments where I felt like Paul in Romans 7, you know, the good that I want to do, I don't do. The bad that I don't yeah. want to do, I do. Right. Oh, wretched man that I am, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's part of it. And so I don't want to come across as if I've got it all straightened out and that there's no valleys spiritually. I have times where I struggle spiritually. And not that I doubt my faith, but I can recall vivid moments where, you know, Romans 8.28, God works all things together for good to conform us into the image of his son, right? Verse 29. Right. I can recall one day vividly, I was standing in the kitchen in our house and the pain was, it was one of those really painful days. And like, I had this thought process, Lord, it's hurts so bad. I just don't care anymore about it. I don't care about being like Jesus. I, I, you know, can you just take this away? You know? Sure. And so I just want us to be real that we go through those times and, and shortly thereafter making that comment, just in my own mind, it was like the Lord said, come on, buddy. Let's go. My grace is sufficient for you. And, and God, God would keep on bringing back the truths of his word Amen. to quiet my heart. When I would doubt, when I would feel like quitting, when I would say, Lord, how long have you forgotten about me? The Lord would just keep on, you know, you see, David, that's David is real through the Psalms. Yeah. The ebbs and flows of his spiritual journey. This is just life. But we apply the stabilizing truths of God's word. He picks us up out of the miry clay. Amen. He sets our feet upon the rock of truth, and we press on in faith. And, you know, I think the reality is there are seasons, and the beauty of God's word is the Lord records seasons of men doubting, like you told me, David. And I think of John the Baptist in Matthew 11 when he was in prison. He yeah. sent his messengers to go to Christ and say, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? They're in the yeah, first part of yeah. Matthew 11. So I think the beauty of God's word is it, it records great men of faith that had yeah. doubt, seasons of doubts as well. Wow. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. So, Amen. Uh, John, yeah. would you give out your email address, please? Yeah. My uh, email address is johnlashway at gmail.com. All right. Spell Lashway, uh, L-A-S-H-U-A-Y. U-A-Y, Yes. So John Lashaway at gmail.com. So that's Lashaway, L-A-S-H-U-A-Y at gmail.
Yeah. All right. Well, brother, thank you so much for taking the time. I know yeah. this will be an encouragement for those that are going through it or will go through it or know someone that is going through it. So sure. I really sure. appreciate your time in this. Thank you so well, much. I'm grateful for the privilege to hopefully be a blessing to others. Um, but uh, thank you for the opportunity. It's always good to talk to you. Amen. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.